J3 Youth Ministry Podcast. The J3 Youth Ministry Podcast. I'm John Chafee. I'm Johnny Radcliffe. And I am Jonathan Hobbs. This is episode three. Thank you so much for making it this far. Or if this is your first episode with us, please go back and listen to the first two. Because <laughs> uh, we're going to make a lot of inside jokes that make no sense. Actually, I don't know if we'll do that. Probably not. But hey. Um, Probably not. We were not that funny. Nope. Uh, or nor do we have a good enough memory to do that. Uh, today, we are going to have an interview. Our feature interview is with uh, a wonderful woman of God named Meg DeHaven, who has been doing youth ministry now. Oh, how many years did she say? About 27. No, it's it's, it's know, seven? in between 10 and like 15, I want to say. Oh, really? You're going there? I, I, thought, don't I thought know. It was under, I thought it was just under 10. We're going to listen to the interview and find out and feel mm-hmm. stupid uh, when we come well, back actually, on the other end. Well, actually, she... <laughs> She's been at her church nine years, and her church is her only place of ministry. So therefore, it's nine, so years. It's nine, nine years. years. We're going to go with that. Out. There we Super go. Super smart. Right. I could edit guys. that to make us sound smarter than we are. No, but let's no, they we're need authentic. To know. We're they authentic. Need to know. <laughs> um, so one thing I want you to know about this interview is, uh, or at least I, I want you to hear that I got. The more I spoke with her, the more I am just there going. I want to be a kid in your youth group. Yes. Right? That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I want to be, I want to, I want you to be my youth director. <laughs> yeah. Or even better, like I want to be a volunteer in her youth group oh, because the way uh, she takes care of her volunteers and like she has these cool stories of investing in them. I'm mm-hmm. like, crap, I hope my volunteers aren't listening. They're, <laughs> they're going to go join her for crying out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but wow. the more I get to know her and hear the stories, the more she's kind of one of my personal uh, idols, just, just hero, like, right? I want to get yeah. to her level. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I, w- I want to be Meg when it comes to uh, youth ministry and just the way that, um, I, just knowing some conversations off air, like, she reaches the community. Mm-hmm. She isn't just there for the church kids. She reaches an amazing demographic in her area. Yeah. And I just have such huge respect for her. I'm she, pumped about this. Absolutely. She she not and she does that. She's always thinking up new ideas. We talk very little about, but not nearly enough about this uh, retreat that she helps lead. That's a bunch of uh, in the tri-state area, a ton of churches. I think something like 20 churches uh, do this retreat called Breakaway, and she runs that thing at, so incredibly well. Uh, she talks about how actually she didn't start it, and, and the person before her, it. yeah, and yeah. the mm-hmm. person before her didn't start it. Mm-hmm. So it's multi, it's multi generation of leaders, uh, and how the passing down of leadership went well. Uh, so she has a lot of insight in, in those areas, and she's even taken time to create a support system in her context in her area for youth workers. But more than that, female youth workers, yeah, because yeah, we yeah. know that yeah, yeah. they don't often get as much spotlight as they should. Absolutely, as much support. Mm. That's a good mm-hmm. point. Now she she's an incredible person. She talks about some of her youth ministry hacks. Those alone, I think we're going to have her back on the regular. Just gold. Just because yep. I mean, really. <laughs> Oh my goodness, I actually feel bad if, if people from my church listen to this episode because I'm totally going to start doing things and they're going to be like, thanks for that uh, unbirthday card, John. We know that was right. because of we Megan got it. I'm not going to lie, this is 100% truth. I actually took her idea and already relayed You've it already to my done leaders. It. Already. You've already done it. So this is must-listen-to <laughs> podcast here. This is gold. and So, so without further ado, do it. here is Meg.
Today, I have the pleasure to be sitting with Megan DeHaven. Megan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, John. Glad to be here. It is awesome to have you here. Uh, Meg, tell us about who is Meg DeHaven. Sure. I grew up in Upper Darby, Pennsylvania. I went to Gordon College up north. Just outside of Boston. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, right great, outside of Boston. I went there actually to study political science and urban studies with a minor in Spanish. Was on my way to law school. So youth ministry is the obvious <laughs> next choice. Clearly. Yes. Clearly. So I came home. I interned every summer when I was in college with our home church, Bethany in Havertown. And my final summer after senior year, they asked me to come back for one more summer. And while I was home that summer, heard the call to stay and was offered the position. And I've now been there about nine years. And you've not done youth ministry anywhere else. I mean, even the internships, they were all at, so you grew up there, did your internships there. Yes. I think you need to start branching out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know ministry outside of this church, so maybe I might not well, succeed you, elsewhere. You don't want to, trust yeah. me. Well, let me, let me ask you a question that I wasn't even planning on, but so... You have worked the same place that you grew up. Have you found challenges with that, first off? Like, hey, uh, hi, Mrs. Smith. Yes, it's me, little Megan. Uh, I'm kind of in charge of this now. Please donate money. Uh, Anything like that? Yes and no. There have been certain times when I have found that people have referred to me as one of the kids or have looked at me that way. But ultimately, I have found it to work to my benefit. Um, I have found that people, I walked in in very trying circumstance. Mm. And in the midst of that, a lot of trust had been broken. And because I had grown up at our church, I was a known quantity. Mm. People knew who I was, that I didn't have, you know, so I didn't have an agenda outside of the calling that I had there. and you, so you didn't have a dark past <laughs> that they didn't know about. Exactly, like they that. really, yeah. I, they really did know who I was. Yep. yep. Um, and so because of that, I found that I was able to bridge the gap in trust um, and in building relationships rather quickly. Whereas mm. I think some youth pastors starting at a brand new church have that hurdle to overcome within their first one to three years. Mm-hmm. And I was able to kind of, I feel like in some ways, jump in in year three of ministry because I had been there over the summers. They had seen where I was coming from and where I was going, Mm -hmm. and I was really able to work along with the rest of the staff of the church because I didn't come with an education. I didn't come with a mindset that this is what I was doing for the rest of my life. And so it's really opened me up to hear criticism, to hear how to be challenged by other people, and to kind of grow in the place where I'm at. While you've been at this church for almost 10 years... Uh, and and beyond, obviously, because you you pretty much grew up there. Sure, uh, it's not at all the same church it was. No, like it's not, it doesn't even have the same name. No. Actually, <laughs> everything's changed. Yes. So you have walked with this alongside this church through a denomination change, a uh, multiple senior pastors changing. Oh. Uh, so uh, if someone's in the midst of change right now at their church, is there like the top thing, top three things that they should just kind of hold on to or something like that that you found? The number one thing that I have found helpful to me through all of the transitions that we've endured as a congregation and as a church has been to really seek after what God is calling me to. And I have found through all of this that God has called me to Bethany specifically Mm. and to Mm. the community in which Bethany is located and to the neighborhood in which I live. And the second thing that I have found to be important 
in the midst of transition is staying true to who you are. I think when we allow transition to scare us or to change who we are or to change the mission that we've been called to or the vision of the church, that's when we start to be deeply impacted by the movement around us instead of by Christ alone. And so I think when you know who you are and your identity is rooted in Christ, you're able to continue in the position regardless of the transition happening around you. And I think that in and of itself has kept me grounded in the place where I'm at through all of the transition that our church has gone through. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm almost wondering if it's like the unicorn sort of thing. Like, you know, that church that's not in transition. Yes. Like, I, I almost feel like we're supposed to be, right? Yeah, uh, right. Like, Absolutely. Oh, our church hasn't changed in 10 years. Well, then there's something terribly wrong. Very wrong. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. right. And I think you can be encouraged by transition. Mm. I think if you see transition as something to be afraid of, that's when you start to fall behind or fall out of place. But I think when you're encouraged and challenged by transition to grow, which is the objective of faith in and of itself, mm. if we're not moving closer towards God, we're falling away. I love it. I love it. Let's talk about a multi-church retreat. Okay. Because uh, it is a beast. I know about this retreat. I've witnessed this retreat. I've experienced it. I have no desire to be in charge of it. <laughs> what is it like to run a retreat? Mm-hmm. Over 20 different churches attend around 600 or mm-hmm. so participants. Yep. You're just trying to keep them all alive for 48 hours. Yes. And, and so yeah, talk, talk, talk to us about this. Wh- sure. What's involved in that? So this is a middle school retreat that I inherited from another um, leader. I had worked with him for one year on the retreat. Now, this retreat has been ex- in existence for over 20 years. We're the third church that has taken leadership of this retreat. Mm-hmm. So I really owe a lot to the youth pastor who went before me. Um, This gentleman took on this retreat. He brought me under his wing, showed me the ins and outs of it, and also showed me the challenges, the really hard parts. A major change we made when I took on leadership of this retreat was to simplify. It had become very complicated, and they were using a lot of opinions of a lot of different leaders, and it was becoming very difficult to run as a result. So we basically wiped the slate clean, took away all of the different opinions. I took some of the precautions, warnings, and advice from the guy before me, Mm. and we put them into place. One of the changes we made was we changed location. We moved it from the north to the south. This helped Mm. as a weather thing, simply. Um, We host the retreat in the fall, and so sometimes up north we would hit snow, things like that. So moving it south eliminated some of those risk factors. The second reason we moved location was convenience. The number of churches that we were attracting to this retreat were centralized more south than north at this point. So we moved it so that it was an easier drive for more churches and more accessible to more of the churches that we were networking with. You said two things there I just want to ask about. The first thing is that you actually talked about how the church kind of took on the leadership. It's not just that Meg took on the leadership. If if you're doing something like this, the church has to be on board. Uh, Your church is the one that takes the the checks. There's financial implications. There's the fact that this is a big part of your job, especially in August and in September, that kind of a thing. So if people are thinking about doing this, they need to make sure that leadership in their church is on board, you would say. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. When I first was asked to run this retreat, I went immediately to our session. That's mm-hmm. our elders at our church, our leadership board. 
and I posed to them all of the risks at hand. There was no budget that came along with this, yet there was a requirement of a $10,000 down payment. Um, the total retreat itself cost close to $60,000. So that was a risk that I had to lay out to our leadership board and say, we have to own this if we're going to take this on. But in doing so, I made it clear to them that us taking this on was ministering to over 20 other churches in the area, mm-hmm. serving other leaders. The whole objective was to serve the small church in a big retreat mm-hmm. experience. Mm. Um, and so when they caught the vision of us being able to minister outside of our church walls and to engage and equip other leaders to minister to their communities, that's what sold them oh, to be able to take on the leadership of this retreat. The other thing you said, which I really like, and I, I think it was Jim Collins that talked about this in one of his books. You talked about how there was, there was a lot of, a lot yes. of opinions. And I think that we tend to want to get a lot of opinions and then we feel the need to use them to gain buy-in. But what Jim Collins talks about actually is, you know what, buy-in comes on the back end, not the front end. If you run yes. a great retreat, guess what? You get buy-in. Do the excellence. Yes. Buy-in happens. I totally agree. I, I would actually think that kind of apply to youth group, yes. right? Same same idea. Same idea. Ah, that's good. And I think it's difficult to be able to gain the confidence to be able to do that because I think so often youth pastors are seen as second-rate citizens within the profession of the church world or things like... Or they like, feel it at least. Exactly. Yes. And they maybe project that on themselves. Oof. And I think that's part of the bond that we need to create amongst youth pastors to be able to support each other and support the vision, the creativity, and the strengths that we see in one another so that excellence can happen within the youth ministry community. So there's a lot of intricacies and details that we get into about multi-church retreat planning. But a few things that you should remember if this is something that you're interested in. Get your church behind you, work with a small group of other leaders in your church community, as well as neighboring churches to develop this. We encourage you to bring in smaller speakers, local speakers. Don't go for the big names. They only attract the youth pastors and not the youth. Or, or if you choose that, know that that's, yes. that's the benefit. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 there's nothing wrong with the big names. But a lot of times we found extreme value in bringing in the guys who maybe aren't so experienced. Gotcha. And again, if you have any questions or want to learn more about this opportunity, certainly feel free to reach out to me. You can email me, meg, M-E-G, at bethanyepc.org, and I'd be happy to answer any questions. Love to work alongside of you, encourage and support you in planning your own multi-church retreat. So with the time we have left, you do these like, just these little things, like I said, youth ministry hacks that are just awesome. I'll start us off and I'll just let you go. Just in our last meeting, you had talked about, oh yeah, we don't do birthday cards. Right. We do unbirthday cards. Yes. And so explain what's an unbirthday card. So the thing that we found that was had the biggest impact was kids receiving snail mail. They love it no matter when mm-hmm. they get it. And what's better than receiving snail mail on your birthday is receiving it when it's not your birthday because kids don't get it. So we decided to avoid the whole issue of forgetting a kid's birthday, we'd simply just send out unbirthday cards. So we have an ongoing list of students. One of my volunteers has taken the lead on this. And once a year, we sit down around a table and sign almost 100 to 200 (laughs) birthday cards and cross out birthday and write unbirthday on them. Um, So they're signed and almost sealed that day. And what she does is throughout the year just rotates through our database of students and sends an unbirthday card out. uh, And the kids 
Love it. They We have gotten a far greater response from the unbirthday cards than we ever did from a birthday, birthday card. card. And it saves us the shame and humiliation <laughs> of forgetting our own kids' birthdays. So it's a win-win for everyone involved. Yeah. And you guys, like, don't you like get them when they're like on sale? They're on clearance. Yes, we buy them on clearance <laughs> in bulk. bulk. Usually right after Christmas, you can get a good sale on birthday cards, sometimes Black Friday. Mm-hmm. And we just sign away. We even sometimes write personal comments that aren't actually personal because we don't know who's going to receive them. So we might say, you know, love the outfit you wore at youth group on Wednesday, or we think you're awesome or way to play sports, Um, you know, random things. And the kids just find it absolutely hilarious. And then we just sign away and then they get them throughout the year. And aren't some of them like little kids, like, like teddy bears? Yes. We get whatever's on sale. So 80th birthday, 40th birthday card, over the hill. You're the best son-in-law. Absolutely. It doesn't matter what it is. (laughs) And they actually prefer them. So it's, it's It's been a win on all sides in doing that. Uh, and some some of the others that you wrote down, go ahead and sure. launch into them. I really value our volunteers. Some of my volunteers have served longer, over 10 years, longer than I've been with our youth ministry at Bethany. Wow. Um, and so one of the things that I did one year was a recognition of the service and of the time that our volunteers have given to us by doing an event in the month of February called Spread the Love. And so what I did was I purchased gift cards and either a coffee and or flowers, depending on the leader. And I showed up at their work, their place of business, at their home if they're retired, um, and surprised them. One leader every other day during the month of February. So we have 10 leaders. And so I took 10 mornings or a few afternoons here and there and just went out and surprised them where they're at. Because so often they support me where I'm at in ministry and at my place of work. Um, And this spoke volumes to each of those leaders and the way that they serve, and they felt appreciated. Mm -hmm. Another thing that we did this year was when budget is tight, sometimes it's hard to think of ways to celebrate people. And so at our December Christmas gathering that we have for our youth leaders each year, I gave each of our leaders for the first half of the year one night off of youth group. I offered them to bring their children to be cared for. We have a child care during our youth group. Oh, you have child care during youth yes, group. Yes, that is something that our church has gotten behind. We pay that for child care awesome. for all volunteers, kids, during any youth group, and youth group event. Let me just pause here and say, sure. Meg does not work at a mega church. No. No, you don't have 400 kids at youth group or anything no. like this. This is, a, I, I don't want to say average, but you are it's a pretty it, average-sized yes. church. Even some people would even argue maybe even on the on smaller. On the smaller side, yeah. correct. So this is a smaller church yes. that has gotten behind the idea of offering Childcare during youth group for the volunteers, yes. and that, that that's amazing. Yeah, uh, and so, so go on, go on. So yeah, sorry, so no, so that's another youth men hack that I think is important for people. So Get behind childcare for your volunteers and show them how much you really appreciate yeah. them and their time. If people w- would like to contact you or get in touch with you, uh, you don't mind them shooting you an email. Uh, so can you go ahead and give that email one more time? Absolutely. It's Meg, M-E-G, at Bethany, B-E-T-H-A-N-Y, E-P-C, dot org. Meg at Bethany, E-P-C, dot org. Awesome. And I highly suggest uh, to the listeners that you do contact her. She is a wealth of knowledge, uh, and she is someone that is great to get to know. Megan, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I hope we have you back soon. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. As promised, 
gold. Told you. Absolutely gold. You're welcome, <laughs> Rue and Rue. You're welcome. Yeah, Start man. to finish. Don't feel too bad that you're not as creative as she is. You'll get there. Well, I I'll know. get there. I don't know. Will Actually, we? Get, process. Do you ever wonder no. this, though? <laughs> do you ever wonder this if you just kind of sit there and, like, you listen to someone like Megan, and there's this thing in my mind of, are you just really creative, or am I just really not creative? Or both. <laughs> like, like or both. is she just great, or are we just that yeah. bad? Man, she is so good at what she does. Uh, like I said, really want to be a kid in her youth group, really want to be a leader in her youth group, yeah. And the thing I love, I'm always drawn to leaders who stay. I mean, man, oh she, man. and this is the church she grew up in. How does she go mm-hmm. from being little Maggie Poo to being, I am a to leader To change now? roles. How yeah. do you do that? And mm-hmm. as a youth pastor especially, how do you stay in the same church almost double digits? That's yeah. hard to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but anytime I come across a youth pastor who has put in lots of time, and especially after transition, transition doesn't change calling. Oh, That's a goodness. bumper sticker. I you want know that. what? That is a great bumper sticker. Absolutely. Say it again. Say it again. Transition does not. Change calling. Mufasa. Mufasa. <laughs> Say it again. I got um, chills. So, but hopefully that's an encouragement to people out there listening who say, man, my church situation kind of sucks right now. Yeah. And it is rough. There are a lot of rough mm. situations out there. There's some uh-huh. horror stories. But man, hopefully her story is an encouragement to keep trucking and keep going deep where you're at and keep yeah. going. One of my favorite comments was... That transition should not be feared. Change is not to be feared because mm. sometimes the way you do youth ministry needs to evolve or adapt, whatever word you want to say, to meet the current needs. Mm-hmm. And it's might it might be helpful to remember that the decisions that were made ten years earlier were done with good intentions, but maybe don't work today. Right. And so how can we approach being a church that adapts yeah. to a new era i mean we were going to have a new youth group almost every two three years because personalities change too it might be the same people but how do we meet people change or die i love that phrase so but why why are church systems so resistant to that I'll tell you why, because I think sometimes we find something that works, we get comfortable, and we think if we just put our anchor down and hone it, it's going to just crank, it's going to work. But the truth is, is that we need to always be evaluating, are we doing Mm -hmm. the same thing um, just because this is comfortable? Are we doing the same thing to not ruffle feathers? Uh, I think those questions are so important. Like Sometimes we just get in this routine with youth ministry where... We're comfortable. We know what we're doing. And, we, well, we have to run a Wednesday night program because that's what we've done. Yeah. But, man, there's something across the nation now where God is just awakening people to rethink their structure yep. and yep. to really right. try things outside the box. There are awesome stories out there of people shaking it up. Um, it's just, yeah, church should always be transitioning. Isn't that a great – another one. That line. was a great line. That Say was it another again. one Say it again. The church should always be <laughs> transitioning. Man, uh, I, 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 we said bumper stickers, so every time you go quiet, I just imagine itty-bitty writing. Uh, <laughs> so, the church should always be transitioning. Um, this, uh, I don't know if there's really a lot to be said. Uh, as a quick follow-up, uh, something you guys said about the, the uh-huh. transitioning and, and also Mark DeVries actually has a lot of great stuff to say about this, which is going to be in a later episode this season uh, in our J3 Youth Ministry podcast. But... Um, 
I I think that it's I, I, honestly this is one of those episodes that I want my I, I do want my volunteer leaders to listen to. Agreed. Uh, even though I know they're going to now hold me to a higher standard, unfortunately, um, but that'll be good. But but there's just so many good things, and and we really encourage you to share this podcast if you know people uh, in youth ministry. Please start uh, sharing this podcast with them. We want to make uh, sure you can, uh, number one, contact us and also make it easy to find us. So I just want to do some really quick plugs, if that's okay with everybody. I'm uh, okay for, with it. <laughs> Are you okay with it, John? Right. Go for it. It's All unanimous. Right. <laughs> uh, number one, you can email us. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can email us at J3, the number three, youthmin at gmail.com. Uh, paid big bucks for that one. J3Youthmen at gmail.com. Uh, also, we have a website, and that is J3Youthministry.com. And we are on the Twitter. Tweet, tweet. We are on the, the Twitter, Twitter. And that is at J3Youthministry. Uh, and I'm trying to think there's something else here that was the uh, obviously many of you probably found us on iTunes or you use iTunes to subscribe to this podcast mm-hmm. we would love for you to uh, review our podcast yes. you can even be honest but we'd like you to be at least positive if you can uh, but but if it's all negative <laughs> we understand mm-hmm. uh, but yeah so email us hit us up on Twitter um, iTunes and the website, and please be sharing this with people in youth ministry. We hope that this is something that is encouraging, that it helps equip, and it helps inspire, uh, and we hope that it's something that uh, people find helpful. But mm-hmm. uh, I believe for this episode, that is it and that is all. And we want to thank you. Uh, I'm Jonathan Hobbs. I'm Johnny Radcliffe. And I'm John Chafee. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the J3 Youth Ministry Podcast.